What up, friends? Welcome to the week 16 edition of Feinbolt. I am your host, Jeffrey Feinbolt, here on Mayo Media Network as we break down another week in the world of Chargers football through my um through my crazy mind. So let's waste no time. Let's get into it. I guess quickly remind you already recorded this week's spread pick show with Pat and Tim. We threw it down, had some fun. Oh, what a bad week 15 for me against the number. I was like gaining a lot of room. And I think I went like five and or four and 12. And I think Pat went 12 and four. And now we're tied again. Crazy, crazy. Oh man. So everything could flip on a dime. Clearly still lots of time left. Uh, I'll quickly brag. I, my 10 man, big money, home league. It's really all I care about. Uh, Long standing forever. Made the playoffs. Four man playoff, 10 man league, made the playoffs, second overall placing. So I got a big match this week. Hopefully, my Chargers and Rams stacks can, can continue to carry me there. No one gives a shit about that. Honestly, sometimes neither do I. And on an on a honest note, I didn't even. When I heard Eckler had COVID earlier in the week, my first reaction is always to the Chargers. I'm like, okay, if Eckler has to miss this game, it's week 16, it's against Houston. Like, giving Eckler a game off in week 16 when I want them where we want them to go in a month and a half from now is probably an ideal situation. Not if you're also like me, and you have Eckler in your fantasy playoffs. So that was like, oh, okay. So I actually really do hope Eckler um, does play. And there are just so many unknowns as it pertains to the Chargers and COVID. And I'll quickly start off by saying, like, what's the barometer for moving games? Right? I, like, it can't just be sheer numbers because I want to say the Chargers and the Texans are both flirting with 13, 14 guys on the COVID list. It's still early in the week, I guess, for them to want to make that decision. Um, but I'm just putting it out there. I don't know, like, what is the standard? Or is the standard strictly based on quarterback? Which, if they say, tell me that's the standard, I, I think I'm, I can kind of respect that. Or So I guess that's really the confusion. Like, what is the threshold for which a game can be moved for COVID? What has to be happening on your roster for that to take place really um as for houston i don't know everything we've worked so hard for guys could be ruined if they lose to houston just absolutely everything that the chargers have worked for will be lost in my opinion if they lose to houston you know everything would probably still be available to them but i would just be crushed i'd be mortified so they cannot lose to Houston. They cannot. I don't think anyone's expecting them to. As even with the COVID situations, as long as Justin Herbert is playing, they can't lose to Houston. Houston's 32nd in offensive DVOA. They're 32nd in defensive DVOA. They average, I think, 0.7 yards on the ground a carry. No, I joke. But, I mean, the Chargers run defense, friends, in the last three weeks, they've gotten into 12th. They've gotten into 12th. And I would say you could probably take a longer six-week sample. The results have been pretty impressive. 
I think they did a pretty decent job against Dalvin Cook. We know they did a pretty good job against Joe Mixon. Um, they did a nice job against the Chiefs. The Broncos sort of had things get um, away from them. Yeah, you'd have to sort of acknowledge that part of it. They did a good job against the Giants. They did a good job against the Steelers. So they are moving up the rankings. Not hard to do in run defense. But again, they don't need to be a top five, top 10 run defense. They just can't be 29, 30, 31, 32. And to be perfectly honest, it'd be nice to get above 20. But in the short little sample, they're finding themselves as a, as a middle of the pack run defense in the National Football League. And with the way the offense is going, you would think that would be enough. Um, 2021, Pro Bowls don't carry the same significance, I think. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. Clearly, the final Pro Bowl roster is like the biggest joke of them all because, you know, by the time you have guys that opt out for, for health reasons or personal reasons, injuries knock guys out, the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, you know, knock guys out, you're into like third, fourth alternates. And, and it's really sad the amount of players by the time the Pro Bowl concludes can say that they've made the Pro Bowl because you have everybody who didn't play but made it, and you have the third and fourth alternates who also got invited to the game, like the amount of total bodies that call themselves, can call themselves Pro Bowl participants, players, what have you, in a year. Um, let's say there's 100 players in the game that are actually selected. By the time we get there, it ends up being like 140. So that makes the overall Pro Bowl status and the accomplishment lose its luster. And I'm not an idiot. Like it really for true, true performance-based, it's about the all pro teams, all pro team one, all pro team two. We'll probably get those in, in a couple of weeks. All of that being said, I think we can acknowledge that it's a nice, despite the pedigree loss of the Pro Bowl as a whole and what it means to make it, I think being named starting quarterback for the American football conference, you can take that as a nice little feather in your cap. So congratulations to you, Justin, in your second year in the league, you accomplish being named the starting quarterback for the AFC in the pro bowl. I'm proud of you friend. And, and um, there's a conversation that doesn't need to be had, but this is called fine bolt. So I'll have it. And I think a lot of things that were expected of the Chargers in many ways have played out this season. I would argue in some ways, maybe people didn't know how well the offense could click under, under Lombardi and a change for Herbert and the new coaching staff. Um, so that was probably maybe better than expected, like how the offense ranks overall in the league. Maybe you didn't anticipate that, but I would knock that back and say, let's be fair. I, I want to say overall, we probably didn't expect like this, these not, 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 not low moments from the defense this year. And we got them in a few games where, where, you know, when you're 32nd in run defense, it makes it hard to do a lot of things. And, and that became really frustrating. And again, that's so nice to see that improving. And for people that sort of understand how this works, or if you just want to have 
a biased positive outlook for the chargers you can just look at things that it's a it's a a intricate new defensive system that was brought in under coach staley and he's figuring out what works who can perform it like a lot of teams guys are constantly going in and out of lineup with injuries which you know, always makes things difficult because then didn't all the new combinations of players you've got to work with. But as I've said the last week or so, um, maybe two weeks now, is it unfeasible for us? Okay. As Chargers fans will believe this, but is it unfeasible for people who aren't Charger fans to take the approach based on everything I just said that maybe as a season progresses, the 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 installation of the new defense becomes that much more comfortable for those participating in it staley becomes that much more comfortable calling it with the players and the personnel that he understands that much more than say september october november when the run defense was getting annihilated and in some parts other parts of the defense getting annihilated as well But yeah, um, all of that to say, in the offseason, something I enjoyed doing, well, not enjoyed it, but I understood it from pretty much every angle, was the conversation about a potential Justin Herbert regression. Whew. Safe to say we didn't get it. Safe to say we didn't get it. If anything, there has been an improvement. And to the Justin Herbert regression conversation, my replies to that were like, that's totally feasible because he was so amazing as a rookie. Because he was so amazing as a rookie, the regression is feasible statistically. But I think from an overall game control, um, he'll improve. Even if the statistics regressed, I believe I had no doubts he would be a better football player after another 16 or what it will now have been be become 17 games so not only is is what i believe to be true um but clearly the other part of it is there will be no statistical regression we will build on all of the statistics of last year and those have all been built upon through equal games we don't even need the extra games yet to build upon what was accomplished last time around so that's nice. That is nice. And I, I mean, I'll be honest. If the Chargers don't run the table, I would be disappointed. 10 and 7, I believe their tiebreakers would be kind enough to them if they finish 10 and 7 under the current construct. I'll tell you, if they finish 10 and 7, they better win that Bronco game. Like that would not be the one to lose. That because that could really backfire. But if they do go 10 and 7, um, that would mean that uh, five and four, they would have been seven and five in conference. And that ends up being like the massive tiebreaker when you have a huge conglomerate of teams. So seven and five in conference play will probably be enough to, um, to get them that wildcard spot. And truth be told, I actually don't see the wildcard teams changing. In my opinion, the wildcard teams in no particular order, Colts, Chargers, Bills. Those are the teams that I foresee making to the Pro Bowl. That's just what I see. 
Um, there's no real need to, to dwell on the missed fourth downs last week. I don't think that conversation has been sort of beaten into the ground on many, on many, many, many fronts. And I think all the true analytics and true football people understand um, that that was, those were beneficial situations for the chargers. And we got to just move on and, 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 you know, pick ourselves up and learn, learn from the next. I do, however, respect the argument more than other people. Like, I don't totally disagree with the concept that there's a value of getting points on the opening drive of the game. That being said, you know, Parham was wide open. The ball was in his hands. He knocked himself off out on the turf. I had a first touchdown on him. Get well soon, Donald Parham, is what I should have said first. But when you see the still grab, never mind. Get well soon, DP. Get well soon, buddy. Concussions have been a bit of a running issue for the Chargers this year. But if I if there was one instance where I would have kicked and I said it at the time, it was probably would have been before the half. On the simple notion that it was an incredibly strange half, pretty much going all the way back to the fact that Parham got knocked out in an incredibly scary situation for him and his teammates put a bit of an emotional strain on, on, on the game, on the game that had such an emotional build. Right. So there was that part of it. And just, you know, you go into the half, you maybe take the, you could take the lead. You close out with three points, you get into the locker room, you decompress all the scary, you just calm down, decompress what was a weird, strange first half, as, as I discussed, and you move on. All that being said, I'm ride or die, Staley. All that being said, I'm ride or die, all those decisions. Every single one of them, there's nothing I, I really care to, to disagree with. Um, maybe the most encouraging part of the game in a micro sense in a macro sense yes they lost but we'll get you know i think we lost a battle but might lead to winning a war friends in the most macro sense the performance that i absolutely adore and thrilled to see dp not donald parham daniel popper of the athletic do a full breakdown to prove sometimes it's great when your perception is proved by fact right when your perception of what you thought you saw that night ends up being true on grades, um, on film, not film that I watch, film that other people watch and tell me what they saw, right? Trey Pipkins, baby. What a performance stepping in for Rashawn Slater. What a performance. Oh my God. If you want to deep dive it, check out the popper piece, but you watch that game. There was not that blind side concern that i was so worried about when knowing slater wouldn't play pipkins what he was um in previous years was just a is a scary sight it was not fun it was like you knew there were problems pre-snap and i don't know whether getting some time off the chargers drafting slater him working with slater new, new there's so many new parts of this offensive line but just getting to sit back and and take it in oh my god so that was so nice to see. And the next time we play, have to play Trey Pipkins, 
listen, the game might end up being a heart attack, but the afternoon before the game won't. I was impressed. So congratulations, Trey. Let's go. I mean, you've been through the ringer in many ways, and you got thrown into the fire well before you were ready. Um, but you came in, you have that third-round pick label, and there's just an expectation, and, and the Chargers didn't have any time for you to breathe and grow. Maybe the new construct of the Chargers has allowed Trey time to breathe and grow, which has uh, got us that performance. Don't ever want to see Slater missing games again. And I don't know if Pipkins could even be like a reverse tackle, maybe sometimes go to right, all those storms been holding it down there. But yeah, so so big ups, big ups to you, my man, uh, Trey Pipkins. Love it. You love to see it. You love to see it. I don't know about you guys. You know, I told you last week that I had a very chill vibe about the game. It was a big game. It was the biggest charger game in a long time, but you know, we showed up, we showed out, we, sh we showed up, we showed out the end result, not what we wanted, but what did we learn? We kind of saw that this is going to work for us. That we could beat those guys. That even after beating them in week three, you're like, uh, I don't know. Like, we beat them, but I was very kind, even when people were giving them a hard time. Like, it's September. The Chargers weren't able to run off five or five wins in a row. The Chargers weren't able to run off three or four wins in a row. So the Chargers never got away from them, as the Chargers still have their processes, processes to, to overcome and get familiar with. And, and there was a roadmap for the Chiefs. And they caught some breaks in that, big ones. You don't play the Packers without, without Aaron Rodgers. That's a big break. But we played them again, and we showed we can hang with them. And I don't think the Chiefs want any part of us. Like, if Derwin James is healthy, if we're healthy, I don't think the Chiefs want to play us again in round three. I think they'll take their chances with somebody else, if you ask the Chiefs fan. Maybe I'm wrong. And I'm not saying we should scare them. They should have all the confidence in the world they could beat a Charger team, for sure. In what would be a coach's first playoff run, in what would be a quarterback's first playoff run, in what would be an inexperienced football team's, um, not everybody, but a lot of guys' first playoff run. Like, I'm not sitting here saying that she should be afraid of us. They'd be favored. There's no one they wouldn't be favored against in the AFC. But I think they would probably pick other teams if they had their draw or if they could pick their roadmap. That's just my opinion. Chargers, we don't fear them. We lost the battle. We are going to win a war, friends. Isn't that what we saw from Thursday? We know it. We're capable. We got the pieces, and we're going to build upon the pieces. We will build upon the pieces. We have bullets in our chamber. We have bullets in our chamber. And what I mean by that, we're not some highfalutin, high spending ways. We've got capital. We have all our capital if we want to make something, move something. We've got money to spend on a player. Uh, there's things to do. There's things that can be done. Do they want to franchise tag Mike Williams? I don't know. Do they want to sign Mike Williams long term? That would be expensive. You know what would be more expensive, but maybe relatively smarter, is signing Devontae Adams, who's from L.A. I I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. Other people are saying that to me, mongering that sort of thing. 
that for what the Mike Williams extension would cost, why like, like once you're paying top dollar, why don't you just get the best in show sort of, right? And you pay the surcharge. And I don't even know that that's the move. I can make the case the future offseason, this offseason for the Chargers. I don't even like having this conversation because I'm expected to play more football. But this could be an offseason where the Chargers literally do a Patriot, like almost a Bills thing, like of a couple years ago, where it's just an offseason that's not one flashy, two flashy signings, but like 10, uh, like eight to 10 like depth pieces to solidify certain things. So yeah, I'm just saying we, we are not constrained in some ways, a team like the chiefs in this offseason will be constrained, but that's irrelevant. If I'm a chiefs fan, I'm hearing a charger fan talk like that. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to go try to go to my fourth straight AFC title game and my third straight super bowl. Right. That's what they did. They brought in Tooney. They made the trade with uh, Baltimore. They just did a lot of things like, no, we, we have this situation right now. We're going balls to the wall. And in the offseason, if you remember, I'm like the chiefs, that's exactly what you do. You do not do anything else. That's what you do. When you have what you have, you gotta, you just go, you go, you go. So good on them. Good for them. We're going to get out of here right now, but I want to, I'm going to do this on the way out. On the way out, I'm going to do this. just want to see if I had something in my notes I didn't talk about. Now, there's something I do want to talk about, but I could save it for Pat. That's more of a macro football discussion. I just, the evolution of short yardage play calls is something I'm so looking forward to because the most high leverage plays in a football game now are the short leverage, sorry, the high leverage fourth and two, like fourth and a half, fourth and an inch, fourth and a football. You know, I don't know that that's going to change much, but it's that like fourth and two, fourth and two and a half that those, and the two point conversion, like those play designs, those play calls are really going to be so interesting to watch the evolution of them in a couple years. And even from a defensive perspective and understand, I say these things like I know nothing. I'm like you. Okay. I'm just skis botted on my couch, watching football, cheering for my favorite team, cheering for a bet in prime time, watching TV games, just like the rest of you bitching about refs. But I do think with where the game is going, that like an extreme emphasis will now has now begun and will continue to go into to what is into these fourth and two, fourth and three, fourth and one and a half, two-point conversion play calls. Now, the two-point conversions, in, you know, because you're in a confined space only having 10 yards out the back of the end zone, right? So those will be really interesting, I you know, but anyhow. So that's just something cool, and I look forward. Maybe I'll bring that up with Pat and Tim. I don't really have anything to say about that on my own other than clearly as we go forward the most high leverage plays in the football games are those plays and they're happening exponentially more than they were in the past okay i want to say this now before the season before the season 
like pretty much the week the season started, the Chargers were what 30, 33 to one, 35 to one to win the Super Bowl. Okay, that makes fair. That's total sense. I said this on Mayo Show. I had a 40 to one from the day after last year's Super Bowl. I don't think a number ever got higher than that. Okay, and as the season kicked off, it wasn't 40. It wasn't. Um, but now as we sit here heading into week 16, we sit here on the cusp of week 16 where the Chargers play Houston. Do the Chargers have COVID issues? Yes. Does Houston have COVID issues? Yes. Herbert's playing. That's not going to matter. What matters is the Chargers have a 75% to make the playoff probability essentially by all of the, the dudes that do that thing. And they have a game with Houston next week. A win in that game probably knocks it north of 85%. So now we have a team that its preseason Super Bowl odd was 30, 30, 30 to 1, 33 to 1, 35 to 1. And now as we sit here, as week 16 is about to begin, they had the exact same number. I thought this team showed me something this year. It showed me Herbert didn't regress. It showed me Staley's the goddamn man. The defense is getting better. 12th and run defense in the last month. They're getting more comfortable. Okay. When Derwin James is out there, things are different. He doesn't have a long-term injury. Bosa's got the vid. They'll be back. Is it a perfect defense? No, but it's a defense that can spike. And for all you golf guys out there, isn't that what it's about? You want to bet on teams that can spike. And the Chargers, to me, feel like a team that can spike. And now we're at the point of the year where... They, if they beat Houston, and you can make your opinion, your own opinion on if they can do that, they'll have a north of 85% playoff probability. And they're to win the Super Bowl numbers the same as opening day, better than opening day. That's disrespectful to me. They lost the Patriots by three points. They split with the Chiefs. They could have won both, they could have lost both, but they ain't afraid of the Chiefs. They're not. They've shown they can beat them. The Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. The Chargers have shown they can hang with them every step of the goddamn way. Patriots, that other team, they've lost to them by a field goal. So they can hang with those teams. There's an ability to spike. Let's go. Re-up, 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 re-up. I know it's a long shot, but I don't understand. There's probably the disrespect of it of me in it. But I'm back in. Bolt up, fine bolt, out. Mail Media Network, thank you, love you. Go catch all the content. Uh, Pat, Cam, well, Pat, Cam, and, and, and Pozzola dropping a show a day early this week. I'll probably even be up before uh, this one here. So hopefully you've already watched that. If not, you go watch it. It's my favorite show on the network. And Tim and myself and I, uh, Tim, myself, and Pat already dropped our week 16 spread pick show. So Go hang with that. I'll be in Florida next week giving you fine bolt week 17. Oh, if they lost, if they lose to Houston, just I'll walk right into the ocean and not come out. Fine bolt out. <laughs>